This is WGBB AM 1240 and W240DFFM 95.9 Freeport, New York. The views expressed in the following program do not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB. It is time for Streetwise with former chief of the New York City Sheriff's Department, former chief of the Seagate Police Department, retired New York City detective, Time Warner Public Access Media Award, Joe Franklin Super Excellence in Broadcasting Memory Lane Award, New York Veteran Police Association Streetwise Productions, host of Streetwise, Mr. Lou Tavano. Uh, good evening and welcome back to uh, Streetwise. Uh, my guest uh, this evening is uh, pretty much a uh, top uh, attorney from uh, West Palm Beach, uh, Florida. He's a defense attorney. Uh, you've probably seen him on uh, TV and heard him on the radio. He's a great uh, analysis, uh, especially in regard to uh, legal matters like uh, criminal trials and things like that. Uh, I just was watching him pretty much on the Lauren Crime Network and uh, great interviews and pretty much dissected some of the high-profile cases that, that around the, the country anyway. He's also, uh, which we have in common, in fact, I think I could hear in the background, uh, <laughs> he's an animal rights defender, and I think I hear a dog. Uh, a dog in the, in the background, which is great. Okay, I don't know if I'm going to interview the, the puppy as well. Also, interesting is that uh, uh, on a more serious matter, he's also a cancer survivor, and he's considered a cancer slayer. Pleasure to welcome to Streetwise, Richard Tendler, counselor. Welcome to Streetwise. Great being here, Lou. Thank you for having me. You you, you know. One of the things that we spoke about before you came on the air, and uh, I was attracted to, to to inviting you on the show because I think you have the opposite uh, view in regard to a, a, a new Senate bill, which consider a uh, an assault or uh, on a uh, maybe even murder on a uh, police officer. Uh, they want to call that a federal hate crime. Uh, they want to also add to whatever the, the murder trial, whatever they want to add, a federal hate crime statute to. What's your thoughts on that? Well, look, I'm not minimizing the role of police officers. I'm not minimizing their need and minimizing the dangers that they go through. And a lot of my friends are police officers. And a lot of my friends have worked on law enforcement for many, many years. And, you know, law enforcement is somebody that I rely on personally. Right. Uh, you know, if my alarm goes off at night, I'm, mm. I'm calling the police, and I want them there. So I never minimize what they do and, and the value that they serve. But in this Senate bill uh, that's being proposed, uh, it's the first time ever, uh, it's really unprecedented that we're going to potentially have a hate crime uh, for committing an act upon a certain class of individuals for mm -hmm. their profession. Historically, it's always been for something that you can't change about yourself. So, for example, the color of your skin, mm -hmm. your religion, uh, your sexual orientation, uh, your gender. So that's where historically we have used hate crime laws, and that's where I think it ought to remain. Uh, I think to take it to the next realm of 
having, you know, your employment uh, be a factor, uh, I think is, is, is probably just unprecedented. It's unwise, and it's really also not necessary. We already have laws in place to protect police officers. We have already enhancements for police officers. So, in other words, if I get into a fight with somebody and I punch that person, I would, I couldn't be arrested and charged with the crime of battery. Here in Florida, the crime of battery carries a, a one-year, potential one-year sentence in the county jail. And you're facing a misdemeanor charge. However, if I wanted, if I punched a police officer, I would be charged with battery on a law enforcement officer, and that would up it automatically to a third-degree felony punishable by five years in state prison. Every state, I am certain, in the country has similar laws like that, where if you commit any type of crime against a police officer, and that also includes a firefighter or anybody in an emergency uh, 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 response situation, you're going to face additional charges. Well, don't you consider so, a police officer in a certain category or a certain class? Because sometimes police officers are... I, I was around when peace, police officers were assassinated. In fact, over here, we, they just cut loose on parole uh, several cop killers. Uh, one, definitely, one uh, next next week. And, uh, uh, and they were actually targeted because these people hated these police officers just for the type of work that they did. So, you know, their senior citizens are usually a victim of crime. Couldn't I, I would consider that hate also because they're targeting a certain group, but yet it's not a hate crime like you just said a moment ago. It would be the assault or, or maybe even homicide. But so I don't see, and I don't see any, like you said, it's unwise, but I don't see, like you're saying, it's the first time. We have to have a first time in, in, in most of our laws based on things that, that occurred, and, and then we, we, we structure a certain law in regard to that. So why, why uh, so how, how would that affect anyone if it's considered a hate crime? Why would anybody, I, I know you actually recited the law uh, excellently, but uh, I think just if you're walking down the street, someone sees a police officer, he wants to punch him. He doesn't, he wouldn't do that to you, but he may do with the police officer. Couldn't you consider that he dislikes him or hates him? Well, I understand what you're saying, Lou, that, you know, I guess the, the argument is, well, what's the harm in it? What's, what's the big deal? Why isn't it, um, you know, a, uh, why are groups like the ACLU and... right? other groups you know against us what is what, what is the big deal and that there's some validity to that however it somewhat minimizes the you know you don't have to be a police officer no i don't think no, no i don't know to be a police yeah. officer but I, I you know it's different than mm -hmm. the color of my skin i can't change the color of my skin at all and so that's why we had those well, big crimes I, I just, place and, and that's again, what I'm saying. That's it's, it's again not really necessary because if, listen, yep. if I kill someone, right, uh, and I kill a police officer, I'm a lot more likely to be handed a death penalty, 
Uh, for killing that police. Uh, I wish you there, were. There, I there, wish there, you were there, right, there, there Richard. No doubt. Richard Tendler. I wish you were right. No I wish you were right on that. There was a in New York State. I know Florida is a little tougher. They utilize the death penalty, and over here in New York, we don't. We're just releasing several cop killers that were released by the New York State Parole Board, and uh, you know, I've I've seen people get worse sentences. Than these, than these people that, that kill police officers. Now, if I'm walking down the street, my civilian clothes, no, uh, I may not get harmed. But if I put the uniform on, I might get harmed. So wouldn't I be considered, like you're saying, the person that because his skin is, is black, like you said, he's target? Why is that automatically a hate crime? If a, I'm using, I'm going to repeat what you said. If a person is black, so to speak, why would that be? If he's assaulted, would it be a hate crime if it was another a black that assaulted him? No, no, it would have to be somebody. Yeah. You would have to have some type of evidence in addition to simply a fight um, that that person was targeted specifically for the color of their skin or... I, I agree. Example, their, their, their sexual not... orientation. So it would be something in addition to that. Well, I just wanted, I just wanted to elaborate on what you said. If a... Uh... A black assaults a white person because the person is white. That cannot be considered a hate crime. It could. It oh, could. Oh, it could. Um, you know, I don't, okay. I don't see that we have that problem. But yeah. But yeah, no, no. There's, there's no doubt that if you had your, your classic example is uh, you have somebody uh, who's gay coming out of a gay nightclub. Correct. And a few guys say, you know what, we're going after this guy and. And, um, you know, because he's gay and, we, and we're going to target him. But right. we know he's gay. He's coming out of this place. Correct. So if a group of, let's say, African-Americans decided, you know, four or five of them decided that they wanted to beat up a white kid. Right. Uh, then they, I think absolutely they could be charged with a hate crime. Okay. You, you said you think absolutely. But otherwise, if the person were black, it would be absolutely not. You wouldn't think absolutely. It would be absolutely. I mean. If it were the other way around. I think, think there would be a lot more difficult to get the evidence that the black person wanted to beat up another black person simply because of the color you need more evidence of uh, their skin. Yeah, so, uh, you know. I agree. But, you know, when you target senior, you know, obviously my background is law enforcement, and, and for many years the senior citizen is usually the target, you know, of a, of a purse snatch, assault, a mugging. You see it quite often, you know. So couldn't that be considered a hate crime as opposed to a regular robbery? Shouldn't that be? They, well, no. Um, you know, I don't. I don't think they really made out elderly as a quote protected class. Um, I mean, they, they they may have. I mean, it could. You know, but again, we we go back. Most states have laws where, you know, again, same in Florida. If I commit a battery on somebody over the six, age of 65, right. I'm going to face felony charges rather than uh -huh. misdemeanor charges. Got it. Okay. Uh, well, I, that's that's fine. Uh, you know, years ago when uh, with the yellow, when, you know, I was involved in uh, sort of change and getting involved with some senators and assemblymen years ago in regard to uh, certain crimes that were committed by an adolescent making it an adult crime, like 15 or 14, because you can commit murder at 14 years ago. And I think you can only get 18 months in jail at that time, and now they're faced with an adult crime. But when we used to talk to the young kids, 14, 15, and 16, we say a certain group, the, the majority of victims were 
elderly Jewish people in a, in a certain area of the city I worked in. And then we would we would say to them, now why are you talking these old Jewish ladies? You know what they would say? They're easy and, and they have the most money. You know? So I, could that be considered? Would that be considered? It could. Yeah. You know, it could. It certainly could. Yeah. It, it, it certainly could. Absolutely. And, you know, they, and if they had evidence of that, I, you know, I, I certainly would not object to that prosecution on that. Well, you see, I gave that information to the, well, they were not district attorneys, the family court, I forget the name what they're called, they're, they're, they're similar to ADAs, uh, and then I gave them that, the information of what, you know, when I had the conversation with the adolescent, this is what exactly what he told me, and they, and, and going way back, and he said, you know, uh, detective or officer, I'm sorry, we can't do anything about it, we have to just arrest him you know, not on any kind of discrimination charge, just based on the act of the the robbery or, you know, or grand larceny person, you know, whatever. So, but but why is it when it comes, you know, you're saying, uh, no, I never said it before. You said, uh, like I'm saying, what's the big deal, uh, you know, the ACLU and all this stuff. But uh, how would that affect the charge if an additional federal hate crime uh was added to a violence against a police officer. How would that change the uh, the sentence or the law? Well, I mean, it, it's really kind of limited in the way that uh, this bill is structured. It, it has to cross, you know, you, you've got to be crossing state lines, mm -hmm. and then you're facing potential uh, 10 years. I don't think it's ever going to be, I mean, it, it, if it's instituted, you know, First, it's rare that, that they bring any hate crime charges um, in general. Um, and, and secondly, they usually, uh, you know, because they're, they're difficult to prove in that you have to not only prove that a crime happened, but you have to have evidence right. that, you know, that they targeted them for that specific reason. And that's starting to get into the mind of, uh, of this potential criminal. So, right. you know, it, it's difficult to do that, but... But wouldn't that be well, good? Wouldn't that be good to like add an additional charge on, so you can you know, so you can negotiate you know, for lesser? You know, you know. What's funny is, well, <laughs> you know, I guess, you know, all a lot of things sound really good and lovey feely and yeah. and, and lovey dovey, but yeah. at the end of the day, you know, we have enough laws already in place, and we are, like I said, we have already got laws in place where we don't need to add the additional charge. It's not necessary at all. We can already, you know, use that. And trust me, if if, mm. the, if there is any crime committed against a police officer and and that individual's in court, most judges are, you know, nowadays will slam the book on them. I mean, it, you know, I, you know, a lot of prosecutors uh, do not put up with it, and they're very strict on those cases and. You know, so groups like the ACLU and others are concerned that, you know, that they're using, you know, that, that this is now going to be used for political purposes and not necessarily for what the law is intended to to prosecute. That it, it's just going to be really political because, you know, you have the whole Black Lives Matter movement, you have, you know, a lot of situations where now with, with cameras on police officers, Correct. we're able to witness a lot of the things that 
a couple of bad apples are committing. Correct. And so this is their way of kind of getting back and getting that, you know, the politics going for that. So yeah. Yeah, it's going to be difficult for a lot of Democrats to, and, and this is a bill that's sponsored by both a Republican and a Democrat. Correct, I know. But it's going to be difficult for a Democrat to come out against it because then you look like you're not only police officers. Stuff. Correct. I mean, I'm not making any friends here by <laughs> by my by my feelings and my viewpoint on it, and so. But I'm not here to make friends. I'm just here to tell it like it is and how I feel about it. Correct, but, but could that be because you, you know, also, you know, you're a defense attorney, but you were a public defender prior to that, right, Richard Tendler? You were I'm like a public oh, defender, uh, which yeah. I was, I was representing indigent clients charged with crimes. Correct. I've never been a prosecutor. And right. so I've always been on the defense side. Correct. So isn't that where you may be coming from as well, Richard Tendler? Because you, you were always on the de defendant's side, whether they're wrong or right. Sometimes, you know, but, you know, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I, I call it like I like I think. Yes. Like it is. I do tend to be, you know, not on every issue, but, I, you know, I, I, I tend to be, you know, I guess, you know, some people characterize me on the liberal side, but really I, I don't like putting labels on things and Good. whether you're liberal or, or conservative. There, there There's some issues where... You know, I, I agree uh, with some of my um, friends who are diehard Republicans. Mm. So, um, you know, in, in this issue, I, I just think that it's really unnecessary. I think Congress and the, um, the Senate have better things to do and more important problems yeah. to solve than, but Rich, than, can I, than can this I, issue here. Can I tell you, because uh, you're coming from a, a defense uh, your life is as an attorney. Uh, you just just mentioned it. So I, I'm coming from, let's, let's say, uh, as a former police officer. Uh, I think to me it's 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 helpful to me because it's more of a deterrent. Because if someone says, "Hey, I'm going to punch this cop," and one the other guy might say, "Hey, man, that's a federal offense." Don't you think that would be extra protection for me? I mean, with all due respect, and, and thank you for your service. With all due respect, I don't, I don't think it ever makes a difference in, the, in that situation. I, you know, somebody who's crazy enough and brazen enough, and you know, frankly, disgusting enough to right. to hit a police officer or attack a police officer, I don't think they're going to. What you, you know, what you know, I there's, there's a law against it, so I'm going to not do that. Right, but you know, I know it's no, you know, uh, we did have a death penalty in New York, and I think in the the 60s, uh, 66 or 67, I think, Governor Nelson Rockefeller abolished it. And, you know, prior to be walking a beat in the street, I was a New York City correction officer. I'm supposed to be interviewing you. I'm telling you my story. But this is what but it ties into what we're talking about because I'm speaking about experience. And I, I worked on, uh, on a particular floor in the city prison of Manhattan, and the other inmates, you know what they were saying? Hey, Mr. T, or CEO, as they would call you, now I'm going to put bullets in that gun. So, in other words, they were actually saying they're not concerned anymore because there's no more death penalty. So, uh, so to me, that was sort of a, a deterrent because they're telling me I'm wearing blue and I'm an officer in the, in the, in the jails. And, this, and now they were 
and with watching television, and I mentioned Nelson Rockefeller abolished the death penalty. They were standing was a standing ovation, and they were saying, "Hey, be careful out there, Mister T." I mean, I'm telling you so. So, yeah. pretty much, what you know, what I talk about is not from a book; it's from basic experience. So I saw that, and they're telling me, and then I have a conversation with me. They say, "You know, I used to be reluctant to carry your gun." Now I'll carry it on the street. I, I don't want to kill a police officer. I don't want to kill anybody, but I don't want to get caught. So now, so what's the alternative? They're back in jail and maybe get 25 to life, uh, which is, is rare, especially as a result of three cop killers who just released recently in New York, you know. So, so that's where I'm coming from. So I feel it'll be like a bulletproof vest. It'll be extra protection for a law enforcement officer. So... You know, I, I could understand. It's uh, uh, you know. certainly a valid point, Lou. I mean, I, I'm not going to argue with somebody who, you know, with your experience and, and what you've heard, it, it, it's difficult to say what deters somebody or not. But, you know, certainly there are examples like you've given uh, right. that, you know, show that there may be some deterrence to it. I, I'm certainly not going to turn a blind eye to it. Right. Oh, okay. Now, but I watch you. I tell you, I have to compliment you. Uh, you dissected a couple of uh, some terrible uh, cases recently on the homicide cases about, uh, uh, if I can get the name correct, of uh, two two guys. One in particular killed a young girl. I think she was a cheerleader, and then another girl was missing. And the evidence indicates that he killed her also, but they couldn't locate the body of the second one. And uh, you had a great. The friends, I have to compliment you, when you, because uh, I think the mother of the second girl, who they never found the body, she said she believes her daughter is still alive. And I, I'm almost sure you said that. I, as a defense attorney, I'd bring her into court and have her, put her on the stand. Right? I thought that was. Uh, hey, yeah, that that was a case I was commenting on. I'm not representing on. the defendant. Right. And it was a you know one of these very gruesome cases where. This defendant has already com- been convicted of one murder. Right. They're trying him for another one, and the one that they're trying him for, the the the, the body has been missing for you know several years, and I think it's about four or five years, and they never recovered the body. Mm. And all of a sudden, last week in the middle of the trial, the mother comes out and says, "I know my daughter's still alive." I know. And which had to have, you know, just shocked the prosecutor. Oh, boy. And uh, not made the prosecutor's life too happy that day. <laughs> Is this the Mark Freeman case? I know you were, you were just, you were interviewed on Jeffrey Willis, murder trial, and then Mark Freeman. Uh, this was the... One, uh, it was one of those. And this, was, this was Jeffrey Willis. Oh, Okay. Yes. Jeff- yeah, that was oh, Jeffrey Wills. Wills. Jeffrey Wills, the murder trial. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And, yeah. But, but I, the, you know, the, as a former homicide detective, I, I when I saw that when when I was watching your interview, I says, "Wow, this is this is a great uh, defense attorney." <laughs> I, I mean, put him on a stand and well, you hit it on the head because I've seen many juries. And the juries will be the jurors, uh, the jury panel will be looking at each other. You know. And he put no, he put down. No doubt. Yeah, put no doubt. No doubt. And, and what you tell the jury is, listen, no one knows their daughter like their mother. Yes. You know, and um, but you know the flip side to that is, if you've got a skilled prosecutor, 
and they're usually pretty skilled when they're doing the homicide cases. That prosecutor is going to look at the mother in a very nice manner, and, and that prosecutor is going to say, "Ma'am, you loved your daughter, and you would do anything to get her back, wouldn't you?" Mm. Yes, and that would be it. No further questions. And that's right. In closing argument, you tell the jury, "This is just a mom reaching out hope." Well, but of course she's going to do that. Of course she's going to hold out hope. Yes, that's yes. What any thing. mother would do. So. That's where, you know, it potentially could backfire. There's so much, there's a mountain of evidence on this guy. And so, but, you know, I I think it's probably worthwhile for that defense attorney to explore it. (laughs) I would think so. So, uh, you know, in, in, in regard to you, what would be the, you know, if, if uh, just jumping back a little bit, on the federal hate crime that would be added to violence against a police officer, what would be the difference? Would it be, would they... Uh, in other words, any type of violence against a police officer would be automatically, if the bill is passed, uh, be automatically a, a, no, a federal it, crime. To, or, it, yeah, it, it it wouldn't be any anyone because um, if you just had a crime, let's say, occur in the state of New York, it wouldn't necessarily uh, kick it into effect. It, it, you'd have to somehow be crossing state lines uh-huh. and affecting interstate commerce. So, in order, you know, because that's what makes it a federal hate crime. You know, we've ne- the hate crimes have always been under state law. Right. They've never been federal. So right. So, I'm not even sure what kind of situations it, 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 it's going to necessarily apply to. It's going to be very limited. Hmm. Right. So, uh, okay, it'd be very limited. So, then why you, uh, I have to say this, why you oppose it? We don't need any more laws. I mean, we've already got enough of them. I mean, it, you know, the uh, one area, you know, I, I went to a uh, meeting not long ago, a couple of years ago, that the Federalist Society was having, which is a conservative uh, organization. Um, and they were really concerned about the number of criminal laws in this country, and they tried to add up all the criminal law statutes and rules that we have, and they couldn't come up with a number. Mm. There were too many to count, way too many. Mm. We have gotten to the point where we have just made everything a criminal issue. And at certain points, you're, you're like, enough is enough. Let's just put our efforts and time into what we can do that actually has some effect on this country and and can actually move us in the right direction. Coming up with these laws, I I just, you know, I understand that people like them because, hey, they signify something and they they mean something, and and I'm sure they do. There's a lot of things that would mean a lot to me, but I don't necessarily take part in them all the time. You know, you you just can't have everything. You know, they, you know, conservatives love to say, you know, we don't want the government, we don't want laws, uh, we don't want people telling us what to do. Well, you know, here we go. We're making the laws, but as soon as it fits their agenda, then all of a sudden that rule goes out the door. And that, that's what happens sometimes. So that's why I think, you know, we've already got protections in place for police officers. I can tell you, those states where the death penalty is on the books, right? those states, you know, if you commit a crime, 
if you kill the police officer, you're not getting off of death row. Mm. I mean, I've seen plenty of people get off of death row uh, for any number of, uh, of appellate issues yeah. or uh, mitigation issues. Mm. But if you kill the cop, you're not getting off of death row. You, you know, we've already got the, all the protections in place for police officers, as we should. Right. As we definitely should. I'm not minimizing that at all. Mm. What's your thoughts now about uh, Donald Trump present? Uh, killing a police officer should be a capital crime. Is it Article 18 already? Is that there already, that statute? You know, in the uh, federal law? Because he wants, in other words, uh, it'd be automatically a, a capital crime for killing a police officer. Of course, you've got to have the intent. I don't mean by criminal negligence. You know, I think we'll say with an intent. Do you think it should be a capital crime uh, in addition to the state murder uh, sentence? I mean, I'm not in favor of the death penalty. Okay. Uh, so, I'm, you know, probably on, um, on those grounds, I would probably say no. On this grounds. And, yeah. And, again, we already have, I mean, in Florida, you know, if you kill a police officer, it's going to be an aggravating crime. Right. And, you know, here on all first-degree murder cases, Uh. what happens is there's a committee at the prosecutor's office that gets together to decide whether they're going to seek the death penalty or not. Mm. And they look at, you know, the, the heinousness of the offense. They look at the defendant's record. Uh, if any, and they make a, a decision amongst the committee members mm. whether to seek death or not. I can guarantee you that if it's a police officer, they're going to seek death. I see. There's no doubt. Okay, so that's your so state. Again, I would say it's just mm. unnecessary. Oh, okay. When you say unnecessary, unnecessary, because, oh, but yeah, but that's because, but what about states that don't don't evaluate it like they do in Florida, you know? Well, I, I guess, I mean, I guess the, the argument is that, you know, there are states that do not have the death penalty. Correct. And so, therefore, they can use that. I'm not again, I'm not in favor of the death penalty. Right, yes. I, you know, and so for that, on those grounds, I, I would be, so you'd be yes. you know, I would not be in favor of that. Yeah. Clayton, you know, we're on the air. I like to, uh, uh, why are you, I'm just, you know, why are you against it? I'm not giving you my position, but why are you against the death penalty? Well, obviously we're talking about heinous crime, like you just mentioned, killing a police officer, killing a senior citizen, uh, uh, senior citizen uh, during the course of another felony, someone gets killed, you know, so uh, uh, why would you be against uh, the death penalty like you said you are? You know, for a long time, uh, you know, I just think that as a society, why are we, you know, if we're telling somebody that we you should not kill, right? why are they, we then turning around and killing somebody? And doing the same thing you're saying. Yeah, and so, and the, the appeals, the... You know, it takes years. It takes years. It takes, it, you know, there's a lot of money involved. Um, you know, some people have the misperception that, well, they're going to do a life sentence. Uh, we'll spend less money for them in, than, than doing a life sentence. And that's not true because 
you know, they're entitled to lawyers for their appeal, mm -hmm. and lawyers cost more money than prison guards. Mm. So take that all off the table, save the money, and let this person sit in prison for the rest of their life. Now, when you get life without parole, it means life without parole. Uh, at least it does in Florida. You know, Correct. Florida has abolished parole. So mm -hmm. most people now who are convicted of first-degree murder, which is what you would need in order to obtain a, a death sentence on someone, most of those people will do life. And a life sentence is really, I think, more severe in many respects than, than a death sentence. I mean, I have been to various state prisons, either seeing clients there or uh, several years back, I, was, I, I took a tour of the state prisons in Florida. Mm. I, I visited uh, everything from, you know, minimum security facilities to death row. I saw death row. And I can tell you that a lot of the prisons where inmates are doing life sentences, it, these are not pretty places to be. I mean, frankly, I, I may rather be dead than uh, mm. than to spend my life in one of these places. So, well, uh, you also wouldn't do what they did to be there. No, true. So, uh, true. It, you know, you, you know. Uh, uh, again, I support the death penalty. I'll, I'll, you know, not if it's reckless. You know, uh, something like that. What I'm talking about intent. You know. Or during the course of a felony mugging, raping uh, someone, and a person, uh, person is murdered, you know. So, uh, uh, this you know, because I've seen uh, and I've spoke to inmates that say, hey, they could do jail time standing on their head, you know, uh, you know, and, and they would commit certain crimes in certain states because, like you said a moment ago, the the sentences or they would be different, you know. So uh, they wouldn't commit certain crimes at that. Obviously, uh, well, of course, there's murders in your state as well, but uh, they in certain states, I think Texas too, where you you, you know you're going to get the uh, death penalty. But here's here's the problem I have with that. People say, like you just said a moment ago, uh, life without parole. People do get parole, even though the sentence is life without parole. Somewhere along the line, 20 years, 30 years later, even 40, they people forget about that sentence, and somehow someone puts in a, a motion or something or submits something to the court, and then the person is released. So. Uh, Sometimes. I, I think yes. it depends on the state. I mean, state. you know, states like uh, New York that tend to be more liberal, you may be correct. Um, and I can tell you in Florida, Florida abolished parole. When you are sentenced in Florida, oh. uh, you must do 85% of your time. Right. So That's the way it should be, I believe, you know? Yeah, so, and, and I mean... So you're not, you know, there, there's no early release here. There's no parole mm. officer that you check in with. You know, parole has been abolished. Ah. The, the, the only parole here now is for individuals who were sentenced 30, 40 years ago. Right. Before they abolished parole, and those individuals are entitled to parole hearing. So I think there's only about a couple thousand left in the state of Florida that, that actually get those. Wow, you just educated a lot of my listeners because who would think that the uh, parole was abolished in the state of Florida? I didn't even know that, you know? 
And, you know, so yeah. that's uh, interesting. But, you know, with the uh, the death penalty, and many people tell me, especially on any show as well, you know, Lou, uh, what about death? What about uh, life without parole? And, and, you know, because it's not going to, you know, the death penalty is not going to be an effect on crime. But my position is now I'm not concerned about another crime. I'm concerned about another life because in jail, Unless they're in administrative segregation, which you know, the movies calls it solitary confinement, you know, uh, they can kill another inmate, and they have their cell partner. They can kill another. They can kill a correctional officer, or they can kill a civilian employee in jail. So that's what you that's what you prevent, and it has happened, you know, and uh, you know. So, but if you uh, to get the death penalty, at least it's guaranteed you're not going to kill anyone else anymore, you know? So that's that's the way I look at it. You know? Yeah, I hear you. I mean, uh, you know, listen, there, there, there's valid points on both sides. Right. Yeah, that's, and, and, that's true. Um, you know, so, but I, I, I just, again, I, I just come down to, uh, I don't know what we're trying to what example we're trying to set when we're saying you, you should not kill anybody mm. and then we'll turn it around and killing that person. No, I, I know what you're saying. I know if we have the people that, uh, in fact, uh, uh, Pastor Porter, Bishop Porter is going to be relieving me here. He's coming out after uh, Norris Porter, great uh, representative of God, at least, you know, and uh, he, he's obviously a man of the cloth. He agrees with you because he believes you Punishment may be upstairs, you know, or in the other, sure. in, the, in the other other place. Uh, but you know, that's everybody's uh, different belief, and you got to respect people like him and people like you who have that uh, have that feeling. But uh, I guess my background, like your background, you were a defense attorney. You know, you were always indigent, like you said before, and you, you look at it uh, differently. I want, I want to drift. I, I know I mentioned uh, Donald Trump before, and he wants to make it a capital punishment. What do you think on Donald? Of course, we, we, we did. Oh, by the way, I have to compliment you. You know, I promoted you or put you on Twitter, right, a couple of yeah. days ago, and I can't believe all the hits I got, you know? And, oh, yeah? Yeah, I, right. yeah, if you look, I've seen you went on Twitter as well. But I, in uh, overnight, I looked at it in the morning and said, I can't believe this. Over 100 hits already, and I just put it in before I went to sleep. You know? Uh, so, you know, I enjoy Twitter, and it's a great tool. Donald Trump, our president, has is a genius <laughs> at Twitter, and that, that, that's actually what got me started on it. I know you that. Know, I, I've seen this guy's followers go from 20 million, I think he's up to 50 or 60 million now. That's and, correct. Uh, but he's a master at using it. Uh, just a master. Um, I, don't, I don't agree with a lot of his policies. Of course, right. He's a master at, at, at using it, um, and and I love interacting with with people on Twitter and reading the different articles and reading different people's viewpoints. Right. Uh, you guys and any you know any of Lou's listeners can follow me on at Richard Tendler. Right. T e n d l e r. You know, I'd love it. Okay. And, repeat. Um, yeah. Repeat that again. Uh, it, uh, it's at Richard Tendler. And uh, the last name is T as in Tom, E-N-D-L-E-R. Yeah, it's, my name. Yeah, so that's look it. it up, folks, because it's very interesting. And I watched a couple of his uh, 
analysis on uh, being interviewed in regard to some of the trials that we talked about a moment ago, and uh, he's right on target. You know what I like about it is that you, aside from that, you hear a lot of uh, common sense to it, which is, you know, to uh, what you're saying. Thank you, uh, Yeah, and, you, you know, and actually, I, you know, not to be, I don't know, uh, it seems like it's, it's coming from inside, too. It's good to, to believe, you know, what you're saying. I believe, you know, most people... And I'm going to say this, a lot of attorneys, they do because that's their job, which is fine. But you seem to be uh, sort of dedicated. Speaking of dedicated and um, Donald Trump and his master of the Twitter, what's your thoughts, was we did touch on that, of uh, his pick to uh, to head the uh, CIA, the uh, Gina, uh, Gina, Haspel, Gina Haspel, Gina Haspel, yes, who... Uh, you know who's the the new heads, but so much controversy on it. But they, uh, but I, any any one of his picks is always controversy, anyway. You know, so they had yeah, the central, a lot of his picks yeah. are controversial. I mean, look, you know, from what I hear, she's qualified as far as her credentials, she's right. had experience. Mm-hmm. But you know, from what I've read on her, she, it's not like she was just there when the torture uh, uh, was going on. She was actually running at least one of the uh, what they call the black sites or the dark sites uh, where you know they were actually torturing uh, one or two people you know in in various different countries and Mm. she was right there calling the shots. She was calling shots, you know. I yeah, just, that's, yeah, that's, I just that's think, the report but that, I, I, that she was basically saying, "Yeah, keep yeah. going with the torture, or don't keep going, and try and get more information." Is, and is that accurate? Um, because I'll, I'll tell you, know, you what, I don't I, know if it's. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's what the reports say, but a lot of that is is classified. Yes. So any, you know. If she's asked, you know, at the confirmation hearings, uh, if she's asked whether uh, about that, I would expect that she's going to uh, decline to answer it in public. And if she has to answer it, she, you know, she's only going to answer it, you know, in a closed session where we won't have access to it, you know, because of its national security implications. But, you know, I mean, somebody as... Uh, I mean, as high profile as that, I mean, why have that? We, we've already got, in some respects, a black eye, you know, uh, in front of the world. Why do we need to po- point that out? I mean, I, I would just think that there are plenty of other people qualified, uh, as qualified or more qualified, that, that, that could do that job. Um, yeah, well, so, I, mm. I, I, you know, th- th- that's probably where I fall on it. Um, mm. I'm not involved with intelligence and, and to know whether, you know, she really is better qualified than, than somebody else. Um, but I think, you know, the baggage that she brings, wow. um, you know, is it really worthwhile? Do we, do we really need to go there? But, you know, the one thing about Trump that <laughs> I do kind of commend him for is he doesn't care, you know. And, yes. and if he tells, you know, a lot of my liberal friends have complained about Trump. You know, he's doing this. And he's oh, doing no, I was going to complain. Uh, no matter and, what. And let me tell you, 
I tell him he's doing everything he said he was going to do at least. Not only that, you know something, I, I know you're a cancer survivor, and I know you're a champion. God bless you for that. And uh, but Thank you. You know, uh, she is was the Central Intelligence Agency. I don't think they have anything to do with waterboarding. That's what we're talking about. See, I don't see. I don't consider that torture, like you said. So, but anyway, that's a, another story, of course. But I, I, she was present, yes. But uh, she didn't make those decisions, you know. And you, you know, so I, I, I don't know if she was instrumental in. in, in I, actually, she wasn't because that didn't come under Central Intelligence. To, to do that, to do this waterboarding, you know, to uh, which people call torture, you know. Uh, so I, I don't know if that's accurate. Yeah, she was aware of it. She did answer that question, but the good thing is when they asked about it personally, she did say morally she was against it, you know. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, I don't know if that, that helps. I mean, she's still oversaw it, and she's still, you know, from what it sounds, she yeah. still had it applied, so... Um, I don't know. You know that uh, those kind of things sometimes scare me. You know, it's like the uh, yeah. the Nazis who were uh, saying uh, I was just following orders. So well, I know what you're um, saying, but th- 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 there's a big difference. I have to tell. I don't think. Yeah, and, I, and listen, I'm not comparing her to a Nazi by any no, means. No, I know. Yeah, I'm sure. Completely. Yes, of course. I was you gonna... know, uh, <laughs> off, on opposite ends. I, I know, but the uh, I I don't think. Anyone died from uh, from waterboarding. I, don't, I won't call it torture, from waterboarding. But I do know the people that we were waterboarding, they, you know, if they gave you a choice, would you, ta- would you accept waterboarding or we cut off your head? I mean, that's the difference. That's the people that we're dealing with, you know. So I, I know coming from the average, I'm going to say liberal uh, perspective, it's torture. But I can tell you this. Uh, that because of that, we've got so much credible intelligence, and that's, you know, especially in New York, I think the Brooklyn Bridge was a target, Rockefeller Center was a, a target, and maybe the Statue of Liberty, I forget, someone someone else, the Chrysler Building, and uh, and they're saying, and they, got, they received that as a result of waterboarding. So, actually, that's the way I look at it. So, and nobody died from waterboarding, as far as I know. So if we could save lives, you know, and not, again, killing anybody, you know, and, and, and you know, so uh, I, I don't see anything wrong with it. You know, I'm, I'm talking about this people. We had to do that after 9-11 because we, we were, at that time, we were looking at probably uh, another 9-11. So, and, uh, but I don't, I don't think we're doing it now. You know, waterboarding. No, off. well, no, we're not doing it now. And and um, and when we did it back then, it was uh, against uh, UN and and international laws. So you know, we broke the law. I mean, mm. we've always been looked at as the good guys, and we wouldn't do what the others did. But the others don't waterboard and, you; they cut your head off. That's the difference. We're not doing. Well, but they don't waterboard you; that. they cut your head off. Well, and, and that's inappropriate, also. But that doesn't mean <laughs> I think that we so. Should employ other tactics. So I mean, uh, I mean, there, and there, there's a lot of people who feel otherwise that it doesn't get you the intelligence that you really need. It just gets you false information. 
It does. It, I'll get you false. I'll tell you anything. That's true. Right. I agree with that. Sooner or later, they, they break and they give you false information. So where does that get you? There, there's more effective ways, I think, of going about it um, than, well, than to do that. I, the, you know, so. Yeah, well, Richard Tendler, the upside with the, the upside with that is is that even though uh, she was present during the waterboarding, you know, and uh, you, you know, it's it's different than. But you did correct yourself about comparing her with Nazis who said I'm following orders. Uh, I know there were plenty plenty of things in law enforcement that I wasn't happy with, but I was following orders. It wasn't orders like to, to hurt somebody, no. or torture somebody. It was right. something that I wasn't happy or pleased to do, you know, sure. but again, you, you, know, you just had to do it. So, uh, but, uh, but she did say, you know, uh, morally she's against it. And I have to give her credit for that because I don't think Trump wanted to hear that, you know, because he Trump, probably didn't. I did. <laughs> yes, that's his pick. And I don't think he wanted no to hear that. Yeah. And you're right. At least she did come out and say that. And, um, so yeah, you're uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, from all accounts, I haven't heard anybody say that she isn't qualified for the job. Oh yeah, over thirty uh, years. Uh, and you yeah. know, when you work, no. uh, you know, I give her credit. Besides that, uh, just to work undercover as a let's use a New York as a as a police officer is tough enough. And look at the countries that she worked undercover. And I, you know, that's just amazing. A little lady, you know, a female doing this. She really started as from the bottom working undercover and worked her way up to the... Uh, oh, yeah, and, and in a man's profession. Very good. Uh, I can't profession. imagine that there were too many people, too many females at the CIA when she was there, so you know, she would certainly be commended for that. And not too many males uh, happy with it as well. You know? So, I'm sure not. Yes. Hmm. Oh, okay. My, my guess is uh, a great attorney. I'm going to say great attorney because I watched some of the stuff he did on, on YouTube and social media. Richard Tenler from, uh, I guess, you're uh, Florida. Is that, uh, what is that? The West Palm Beach, uh, Richard? Is that? West Palm Beach, yeah. West Palm Beach. About an hour and a half uh, north of Miami. Uh huh. About 70 miles north of Miami. Yeah, I, I think you're in the, Are you in Boca? Is that where your office is? Uh, I. I used to have an office there, uh, main offices in West Palm Beach. West Palm Beach itself. People want to reach you. Let's give out some contact uh, information. People want to talk to you sure. or, or utilize. Let's give it out again for our audience, uh, Richard Tendler. Um, they can reach me at my Twitter, which is at Richard Tendler. Uh, they want to call me, uh, 561-655-4080. Again, five six one six five five four zero eight zero. I don't represent people usually out of state. Uh, I'm licensed in Florida, and uh, so the majority of my representation would happen here. Right now, how were you? How how did you? Uh, let me put it this way: How did you wind up being sort of an analyst for some of these uh, some of these cases? You know, not not every attorney you know, over, does it or can over do the it. Years, you know, over the years, um, I've had, you know, a few, um, I've been, you know, grateful enough to, to have a few high-profile cases and gotten some, you know, great victories over the years. And so, you know, from time to time, I would have, 
you know, the various news organizations call me uh, when uh, some other case was going on and want my legal commentary yes. uh, based on that. And then I started doing more of it when I was uh, hit with cancer. Oh, and uh, because obviously I, I, I couldn't work. And so, um, so I, you know, it's just something I enjoy. I, I, you know, I, I enjoy, you know, being on TV and, and, and putting my two cents in. And sometimes it's a lot easier than mm -hmm. doing the lawyer's job, which yes. is actually in that courtroom. But then, you know, you also miss the courtroom. And, you know, as you're sitting there watching the trial, you kind of want to, you know, you kind of say to yourself, you know, I wish I could be in there right now oh. doing the fighting. How are you? How are you? Uh, I enjoy. It. How are you doing, by the way, with you with the cancer that you had? You know, I'm I'm still battling. Uh, are you? I am. Yeah, it, it unfortunately metastasized to my liver and lungs. Mm. And but I am on what is called immunotherapy, which is a the new way to treat cancer. Mm. And it's not chemo. So it doesn't make you completely debilitated. And in about, I think, 10 or 15 years, we're going to be treating cancer, all cancers, with immunotherapy. Uh, it's very advanced for melanoma. Uh, we all remember former President Jimmy Carter. Yes. Well, last year, you know, he was 90 years old. Correct. He had melanoma cancer that metastasized to his brain. Mm. And he got immunotherapy treatment, and he is cancer-free at this time. Wow. Uh, yeah. And so, so I'm fortunate that it, it's available for the type of cancer I have, and well, I'm hopeful that, it, that, it, that it's going to work. So Yes, it's, so I hear from other people. I had a couple of doctors I've interviewed in that field, and they, they, they believe it's, uh, they, one of them said it's close to a miracle uh, treatment, you know? It's 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 unbelievable what it's what it's doing, and um, you know I had uh, lesions and tumors growing throughout my body, and oh. before I got on the treatment, and since I've been on the treatment, everything has stopped and oh and and begun to shrink to shrink. Yes. So I have nothing but respect. Uh, you know, I'm, I don't know if I should do this or not, but Bristol Myers is. Uh, the maker of Nivolumab, which I am on, and I had nothing but the best things to say about that company. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned uh, it. I am, I am alive because of them. I'm glad, and, glad you mentioned that. Um, you know, and, mm. and if they want me to say that a million times without getting paid, I'm happy to. Yes, uh, I mean, <clears throat> also, because all of us have someone in our family, usually have someone that had some sort of cancer, and, and uh, well, again, you know, we didn't have this treatment. You know that, that you, thank God, you're. You know, you, you there's this treatment now to help. You know, people that are afflicted with the type of cancer that you have. You know, just a, uh, like you said, 15 years ago. I hope. You know, we all hope that we can find a, a cure for it. But we've been hearing that a long time without going through radiation and chemo. You know, so. Absolutely. Just, yeah, it's just a tough. But you know, I have a, a some people come on the show that were. And we're glad to see that you're a great supporter of animals. Let's talk about that for the next three minutes if we can. If we're running out of time, you know. I I, I know um, you, you got involved with something with do with the whales, uh, you know. Yeah, I, I did. I, I'm on the uh, I'm on the board of advisors for an organization called Sea Shepherd, 
Uh, it's just a tremendous organization, and oh. they are about fighting for marine life and the oceans around the world. And one of the, they've got a couple of major campaigns where they have fought uh, the Japanese and mm. the killing of whales and dolphins that the Japanese take part in. So it is, um, you know, it's very rewarding. You know, a lot of people say, why whales? Why the ocean? Why not, you know, other animals? And, and, I, and I love all animals. Uh, I really do. But, you know, Paul Watson is the head of Sea Shepherd. And what he mm. believes in is that if the oceans die, we will all die. Yes. And mm. so, and which is absolutely correct. And the way our oceans are being polluted and the way we are obliterating the, the sea life in the oceans you know, we, we need the ocean to survive. Without it, you know, we won't make it. I don't you know, know how. It, yeah, it's one of the things that we seem in life to take for granted. We don't, you know, like you said, it's one of the most important things is our ocean. You know, speaking of committing murder, when I watch you mention Japanese, you know, I think it was seals that they were beating to death with, like, baseball bats. Am I correct? Yeah, that's in, that, uh, no, that, that's Where was in Canada. That? Oh, it was in Canada. In Canada. Oh, the Japanese was with the penguins, wasn't it? Somebody was with... Uh, the, the Japanese are killing dolphins. Dolphins. Uh, and whales. Um, I have been to Japan uh, and witnessed that slaughter. Oh, boy. Um, and um, so, yeah, it is horrific. Um, and what drives that slaughter is in Japan, they eat dolphins for meat. Oh. However... They make very little money off of one dolphin that is killed uh, for its meat. They only make around 500 to to $1,000 for every dolphin that they Kill. capture from, you know, a live dolphin that they capture out that is just migrating through Japanese waters. But where they make their money is that most of the, uh, a lot of the dolphins that they capture are not captured and taken for meat. They are t captured and taken for entertainment purposes to go to uh, aquariums and amusement parks that have um, uh, that have shows uh, shows and and, and uh, dolphin attractions. So any you know, I, I tell everybody, please don't pay for the show. Do not visit. Uh, places like SeaWorld, do not visit wow. other sea parks, do not go to any hotels or resorts that have swim with the dolphin attractions. You know, a lot of those dolphins come from Japan, from, you know, that area. They are split up from their families. They've seen their families murdered. Uh, they are living in conditions that they are not used to, that they don't want to be there. We think they're having a great time because we see that dolphin smile. Right. Um, and we don't know, uh, and I, you know, I don't want to get into it now, and, you know, unless you want me to, but, you know, they, they go, that, that dolphin goes through hell every day when they're swimming with somebody. So, oh boy, and, we just and, ran. And, I'm, we know. just ran out of time. Thank you for mentioning that. Uh, you know, if I see that, I'm going to need you to represent me because when I see them beating them with baseball yeah. bats, I want to kill them. So, uh, Richard Tendle, I want to thank you for being my guest. 
Thank you, Lou, for being here. Pleasure. And stay well and God bless. Thank you, you too. God bless you. Stay man. This is uh, thank you for listening to Streetwise. Uh, this is Lou Tolano, and I'll catch you later. been listening to Streetwise on the station that serves your community, WGBB AM 1240.